0: Previously on Just Cow in the City. A half marathon. What the fuck? All they do is got marathons and parades, but my nose ain't broken yet. I don't think there's any other person on the planet. The swiping of the next photo is gonna be a picture of Alan Alda that I sent to my sister. I was getting depressed about the movie, but then I'm in the movie. Now you've done it. All the places here don't have the right solve. Ha-cha! Just out in the city. Everybody's here looking good and pretty. Been down, isn't it a pity? Trying to make things looking bright and chippy. All around, people seem crazy. Walking around trying not to be lazy. But at night, it's a different place. Making it work in your own space. Come on, come on, and dance all night. I'm here each week. It'll be alright. Cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out. City. Hello, everybody, and welcome to an all-new episode of Just Gow in the City. God damn it, I never get the date corrected. I say to myself, no, I'm going to have the date ready. April 5, April 5 edition. What is the matter with me? Get ready. Prepare yourself, jackass. Yes, the April 5, 2022 edition. April, almost making it to where we need to be in life, which is May. May Everything will be right with the world. You'll see. It'll be great. But right now, let's concentrate on the month of April and making everything perfect. Well, how can I not but tape on April 1st? How <laughs> are right? April Fool's Day. But how are you, everybody? Welcome to another exciting episode of Just Guy on the City where we will be celebrating the 50th anniversary of the release of The Godfather. And how could we not? Because, you know, with this podcast I don't really like. Talk, I don't do that much talk about movies anymore. That's what we used to do with the Nightfly and that kind of stuff. And I like talking about the adventures in the city and everything. But um, the reason why it's important to just well play a couple of clips throughout and stuff like that is because let's just start it off with. And I tapped on this on the Tuesday show this week, the goddamn Oscars and the horrible, horrible human being that is Mr. Will Smith. And, as they say in The Godfather 2, him and his whole fucking family. Which a clip that we even played two weeks beforehand, not knowing that Will Smith was going to be such a complete and utter clueless asshole. my God, now that I'm saying all these words, there's so much I have to tell you today. I don't even know where to begin. I'm going to write down clueless because I want to get back to it. I despise your masquerade. The
1: dishonest way you pose yourself. Yourself and your whole fucking family.
0: Well, I'm just going to start off with this because it won't go away. Thank God. Will Smith is an asshole. His family's an asshole. His kids are assholes. We all know that. I'm not saying anything that anybody doesn't want to. Anybody that's taking Will Smith's side like Tiffany Haddish is an asshole. Now, I did find out why Tiffany Haddish is taking the side. And apparently she is working or in a movie with Jada Pinkett. Then I have to say to myself, well, maybe I do the same thing. I don't know. I usually used to like Tiffany Haddish. I really liked her. I didn't like when she cut her hair, but um, whatever. Now I hate her because you have to hate Will Smith. Chris Rock, if you don't know him and we're not friendly, and again, I believe I talked about this on the Tuesday show, but to reiterate, for those of you who don't watch the uh, YouTube show, Chris Rock is a, a terrific guy. And there's no other word for it except really a kind soul. And his act that he does on stage or when he's talking or he's doing voiceovers is an act like Sir Gilbert Gottfried. Gilbert Gottfried, since the day I met him, and I just saw a giant bee outside. (laughs) Sorry about that. I thought it was inside. (laughs) Ah, Oh, my God, it's April. Since I have met Gilbert Gottfried in the mid 90s or early 90s catch right he's been soft spoken and quiet and obviously his persona on stage is much much different and chris rock is similar and the four or five times we have met each other and spoken he is the exact same way so for an asshole for a, a guy that he's sitting there his, his arms are behind his back and this guy thinks he's being a big shot and goes up and slaps a guy in national television, then sits down and continues to berate him. You would think the slap should have been sufficient. This is how much of an asshole Will Smith is that he sat down and felt he needed to do more. You make the slap the point. And his face, when he walks away thinking, wow, I just taught everybody a lesson, he is the worst person ever. To do something like that, get so upset, and so clueless into the way of the world, what's happening in the world these days, and make it so much about yourself and then ruin everyone else's night, including the best example, you know, your pal quest love, ruining it for other black people. Let's just say that too. When you're like, we need more blacks at the Oscars, we need more black than There's black on black violence. I mean, let's just say it, because also he ruined Quest Loves Night and this movie, this documentary he made about this black Woodstock that nobody knew about. Well, now nobody's ever going to remember that. The movie's going to suffer thanks to Will Smith. Did you even remember that Chris Rock was giving away an award at that time? Nobody's going to remember. Nobody remembers it. Nobody remembers it then. Nobody's ever going to remember it unless it's in a Trivial Pursuit trivia question. What was the actual uh, nomination Chris Rock was delivering the day of uh, Will Smith slapping him? He ruined his own time. I I just uh, spoke about this also with Sarah Silverman the other day getting her take too. He ruined his own time. That was supposed to be his night. That was supposed to be a culmination of a guy from East Philly, is it, or something, who became a rapper, milked that into a TV show, a very successful TV show, and then a movie career, and then an action movie star career into an Oscar. That night should have been his shining moment, and he ruined it for himself and everyone else. He ruined it for the of people that won it all. Anybody that won an award tonight, this selfish prick ruined it for everybody, and then he went to these parties and partied, and nothing is being done, and everyone's pissed. Now, I'm talking about mostly the comedy community is furious. Everybody, obviously, is taking Chris Rock's side. We've all been in a situation where people have been unruly, but you think when you get to a platform like the Oscars, God, Chris Rock's so lucky he doesn't have to worry about hecklers anymore. My God, what a selfish prick Like that he thinks. He's so full of himself, Will Smith, That he's like, everyone knows my wife has alopecia. She said it. Everyone knows our business. Everyone knows. We put everything out there. Wow. Wow. You know, it reminds me of uh, Kathy Bates in uh, Primary Colors. This amazing movie with John Travolta and Emma Thompson. Right? Emma Watson's the one in Harry Potter. Emma Thompson's the one who was married to Kenneth Branagh. Kathy Bates and this uh black guy who I only saw in one other movie. Anyway, it's all based on a true story about Bill Clinton's rise to uh power. It's so good, Primary Colors if you ever get a chance. John Travolta's amazing in it. You'd never know it was Travolta. It was it, he should have won an Oscar for that. And then he did one of those stupid uh what what are the uh those horrible Scientology movies or something and he canceled himself out, which is, you know, he's an idiot. But this movie's so good, and she goes, you know, this, uh, the guy that Kathy Bates is working with, well, aren't you the privileged black boy? Something like that. I'll find the clip for you, because yeah, that's, and that's what it is, right? It's like this guy, he's talking about that that idiot, the Williams sister's father as being this great guy. I mean, what the fuck is the matter? He's like sticking up for his, for his, his the, the girls that were playing the Williams sister. What an asshole. And then he's like, it's all about love, and I have to protect... Oh, my God. That speech hopefully will go down as infamy as, hopefully, hopefully, a career destroyer. Man, I hope his life is ruined. Oh, man, I would give anything for him to just be over and never get to go back to the Oscars like the way Charlie Chaplin did, where which he should have been, you know, I'm saying, and he, in the 70s where he finally went back and... He's like, do they still hate me? And they gave him a standing ovation because he's fucking Charlie Chapman and he should have Charlie Chaplin. What did I say? Chapman. (laughs) I'm mixing up him with Tracy Chapman. No, no one's ever done that. But I'm really hoping that he just gets. And now there's all this stuff like uh, the producers. uh, Somebody said uh, the Oscars asked him to leave and he wouldn't leave. But now people are saying nobody asked him to leave. And there's all this second guessing, and why was he not escorted out, and whether Chris Rock wanted to press charges or not, which you know I can see why he wouldn't, even though we all want him to so badly. But why wasn't he escorted out? Why was he allowed to just sit there and yell stuff from the stage, especially curse when Howard Stern were getting in trouble with the FCC at the drop of a hat? They're not going to charge the Oscars? Or Will Smith when, when they when they ruined, the FCC ruined Janet Jackson's career for a, a nipple slip at the Super Bowl? You two-faced bastards. I hate Will Smith so much now, and that's the worst part, is I used to love Will Smith. You know, when I get nervous about being somehow r- racist And when people say, you know, like, again, I've talked about this multiple times. I don't like Denzel Washington as an actor. But of course, for some reason, that comes off as racist, which of course is ridiculous. I just don't like Denzel Washington. He's a boring actor to me. But I always liked Will Smith. I like Eddie Murphy. And now I got to point out the black actors I like because that's the way the world has gone, right? I always liked Will Smith. I thought he was funny. I thought he was cool. I love the fact that my cousin i believe i don't know whether they still do own the philadelphia 76ers together i'm like hey cool i always thought his wife was cool i thought she was really pretty i thought she was good in the matrix too even though she's unnecessary and useless and now i i just i hate him and i mean i hated his kids everybody hated his kids because they were forced upon us but now i just hate him i mean absolutely hate him and want him you know there's no reason to uh put ill will onto this guy because ill will smith thank you because he'll be fine if he never makes another movie again he'll still be able to he's a billionaire he'll still be able to provide for his family and he'll live a nice comfortable life we just don't want to see him in movies anymore. he can write books he can do whatever he fucking wants i just don't want to ever see him again and they better not bring him back to the oscars and i swear if him and Chris Rock do some sort of hilarious thing at the Oscars next year. I'm gonna be pissed and everybody's gonna be pissed. I don't know. We'll see how a year puts this into perspective. But people want justice. It was uncool and everyone is in agreement. And 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 if you're not, it's uh you're a moron. Oh, he was protecting his family. That's not how you protect your family. That's not how you do it. That's not how you do it. You you pull if if you wanna be that much of a goddamn you know, stupid asshole who doesn't understand how comedy works or the business of show or how the Oscars have worked for the last hundred years, you know, when Johnny Carson used to skewer people. Do you think Dolly Parton should have come and punched Johnny Carson in the face after making booby jokes for 40 fucking years about Dolly Parton? Yeah. If we're going there, you privileged prick. But, I mean, if you you can't, that's not you you go maybe you go up to Chris Rock at an after party and say like "Uh, you didn't know my wife has alopecia it's really fucked up he's and and Chris Rock would have been oh my god I had no idea I'm so sorry that's the way it should have worked and you know what you do you put your arm around your wife when he's doing that because you guys know that it's a medical condition and you give her a big hug or you hold her hand real tight you don't go up and and do what he did. And everybody knows that's the case. I don't have to say anything more about it. It's just so fucked up. It just makes me angry. Meanwhile, I was on the phone with Atell at 3 in the morning. And he goes, well, you know what Will Smith should have done is taken his Oscar and then beat Chris Rock with it to death. And say, so like, how you like me now, motherfucker? <laughs> now, that would have been hilarious. And tell also said, well, oh, that's what you get when you have three women host the Oscars. You know, that kind of shit's going to happen. Oh, uh, he, he had all the jokes. Uh, Jeff Ross said, who was really pissed, who's very close with Chris Rock, said, I, See, I, I, was, I wasn't watching. I thought he hit Lives of Manelli. So, all funny stuff. And of course, the comics can make fun of it. And Chris Rock, hopefully, he'll make fun of it. And he performed, as of the recording of this, uh, last night or the night before. And everybody's waiting, but he isn't really talking about it, which means I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. He just came out and said, How was your weekend? Everybody laughed, but uh, he said he wasn't going to talk about it. I'm surprised. Maybe he's waiting to craft his material so it's flawless. I'm so angry about it. It bothered me for two days. And then when I keep seeing it on the news, I mean, think about this. I watch the Today show every day. And all they were talking about, of course, it opens the Ukraine, Ukraine, because Ukraine, everybody's, I mean, what they're doing there is awful. And this replaced the lead story of a war, almost maybe possible the beginning of World War III. Will Smith replaced that story with his stupid assery and clearly having no college, college, I don't know what I'm talking about, no clue on what is going on, I don't know what word I was looking for there, in the universe uh, except for the bubble that he lives in. It's for him and his stupid crying, and they gave him a fucking Oscar after that happened. Wow, people are furious. The ratings went up from last year, but they still suck. The Oscars, they should be canceled. They canceled the Golden Globes. Let's just cancel the Oscars too. Fuck you, and fuck your fucking self-righteous shit. Nobody likes to hear you guys talking about your political views anyway. Put the Oscars on Amazon Prime and get it off the network. Nobody's Nobody cares anymore. You've ruined yourself out of a good time. I, like I said, I used to love the Oscars and I used to like Will Smith. God, I'm telling you, I've seen all the Men in Blacks multiple times, even the third one, which nobody watched. I love Independence Day. I always think he's so funny. I was watching movies because I went to see Wild Wild West. was my favorite TV show as a kid. So I went to see the movie. And I I loved that Will Smith was in the movie, but that movie sucked. But that ain't his fault completely. I like I hate Kevin Klein. That's the, one of the reasons I didn't want to see uh, Wild Wild West. I've never liked Kevin Klein as an actor. Now, can I say that? But people get upset about that too. They're like, "Why don't you like Kevin Klein?" I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what strikes my fancy. Is uh, the way actors go. There are some actors that just uh, make it work for me, and I get excited to see them on the screen. And then there are the others that I just, I don't know. They're not working for me. I have no idea why Kevin Klein is like, I can't stomach him. Uh, You know, I don't like Robert Downey Jr. very much, uh, again, as a person, meeting him in the 80s and stuff. And I didn't like him before I met him anyway, as an actor. But the thing is, though, he is an interesting actor. When I'm watching him on the screen, he's very entertaining even if those movies from the 80s where he just plays the villain all the time, he is he's an asshole. I guess that's why I never like him, but then you realize, you know, he's bringing something more into this villainous role, like in Weird Science, which, you know, is just a standard villain role. He's interesting. Uh, he brings something to the table. He brings something interesting as goddamn Iron Man in all the Avengers movies. He's, he's perfect for those movies. I was watching the Charlie Chaplin movie the other day. He's really good in that, and I can't stand the guy, so... Obviously, it's just uh, a choice. Let me also tell you, because i got to get off this uh, topic. It's driving me crazy. I, I, just, I just hope something, I, I hope, I don't know. You know. I, just, I think we are all hoping he gets somehow punished, like really punished. And not showing up at the Oscars isn't enough. Just, I think we all want his career to just suffer. Out of all the people that they've canceled over the years, this guy should be the most canceled. It happened all right in front of us. We all saw it with our own eyes. The Oscars is opening an investigation. Who's opening that investigation? The Oscars. The Oscar police? The fucking idiots? We're the witnesses. We saw the whole thing happen. We were all there. Again, it's not like Woody Allen, where it's a, he said, she, it's not even like a Cosby or a Weinstein. Because even though those guys we know are bad, right? I'm not counting Woody Allen. That is still For me, the jury is going to still be out always. I'm sorry. But we know Bill Cosby is a piece of shit. And we know Harvey Weinstein is a piece of shit. We know these stories have been uh, co- corroborated. Oh, my God. I'm the worst. Or, and, and they're true. And we know them to be true. But we never saw anything happen. We just heard from the victims. Nobody's admitted anything. We never saw it. This is all factual. There can be no reason for doubt because we all witnessed it. This is different than anything else. It was all right there in front of us and documented forever. If there was a videotape of Harvey Weinstein in a hotel with a girl like saying, hey, I'll get you a picture if you blow me, that's what we need. You know, now we don't need it because we all believe there's, you know, too many people and the stories are all real. I'm not saying it like that. I'm just saying in this day and age, you know, the reason why O.J. Simpson walks free is because there was no video of him killing his wife. There is pure video of this guy assaulting with, uh, thank God he didn't use a closed fist. Uh, a, a person, uh, you know, at the Oscars. I mean, this is this, just this pure video proof. And that's what we all want when there is a situation like that. So if anybody should be canceled in the whole world, it should be this guy. You know? Thank you.
2: We've known each other many years, but this is the first time you ever came to me for counsel for help. I can't remember the last time that, You invited me to your house for a cup of coffee. Even though my wife is godmother to your only child. But let's be frank, you you never wanted my friendship. And uh, you were afraid to be in my debt. I didn't want to get into trouble. I understand. You found paradise in America. I had a good trade, made a good living, police protected you, and there were courts of law. And you didn't need a friend like me. But uh, now you come to me and you say, "I'm Corleone, give me justice. But you don't ask with respect. You don't offer friendship. You don't even think to call me godfather. Instead, you come into my house on the day my daughter's to be married, and you ask me to do murder money
1: I ask you for justice
2: that is not justice your daughter is still alive living to suffer then as she suffers how much shall i pay you bono seda what have i ever done to make you treat me so disrespectfully if you'd come to me in friendship then the scum that ruined your daughter would be suffering this very day. And if by chance an honest man like yourself should make enemies, then he would become my enemies. And then they would fear you. Be my friend? Godfather? Good. Someday, and that day may never come, I'll call upon you to do a service for me. But uh, until that day, this justice as a gift on my daughter's wedding day. Grazie. Grazie, uh, Give this to uh, Clemenza. I want reliable people, people that aren't going to be carried away. I mean, we're not murderers, in spite of what this uh, undertaker says.
0: Right, there's a couple of things I want to say. So I kept talking about Clueless. Uh, apparently, I mentioned on the Tuesday show that I, I thought I had mentioned it here. I guess I never did. I Well, I just got the word back that they're, I'm, I'm doing an adjunct professorship at Montclair State University, which is in New Jersey. Uh, I presented them, I knew somebody that worked there and they said they were looking for adjunct professors, which is a, you know, kind of a temp a temp professor to teach a course on the movie clueless i know it sounds like a joke but you know me you know that's my favorite movie you know i love talking about clueless so why not you know teach others about the greatness of clueless and i guess i thought i'd never mention i guess because you know i wasn't sure what was happening i just kind of put in a bid for it and now i'm actually going to the campus this month at the end of the month talking to these guys are going to show me around and it's going to happen like you know with the next maybe the next year i can't you know they, they might have been all filled up for now but whatever they say there's uh, people quit people have the situation so people slap people on stage and then they get canceled you never know what's going to happen so i might have it this year but definitely next year but i'm so excited a once a week professorship the uh, it's called totally clueless And we are breaking down the movie Clueless and other romantic comedies. Obviously, I will be talking about Notting Hill, but it is a it is a writing course. It is a uh, you know, what I'm talking about is the the movies, romantic comedies that are overlooked, that are much better by crafting stories, dialogue. We'll talk about the movie Arthur. You know, that's what we're going to be talking about in this class. You know, script dialogue and support rich supporting characters and how, you know, these things can affect a script that somebody might be writing these days and how important it is to do these things. Now, it's very rare to make a movie like Clueless, and I know, uh, you know, I'm crazy about Clueless, right? Like crazy, literally and figuratively. But we've talked to Amy Heckerling on this show, and obviously I would have her zoom into the class. Why wouldn't I? And explain every line of dialogue is never wasted in clueless. It's very rare to make a movie like that. Annie Hall is like that. Arthur is like that. Every line of dialogue is brilliant and thought out and comically crafted. That's almost impossible in a movie. With Notting Hill, I was talking about just the rich supporting character. Sarah Silverman, my friend, is in a movie I think called Marry Me? It just came out with J-Lo and Owen Wilson again playing the stupid, which she knows, best friend, which she's sick of playing, that has no backstory and no relevance except to say, wait, you're dating this guy? You know, that that's the way it's always been in stupid romantic comedies, which is why I say Notting Hill is so different than everything else. And, and remember, Julie Roberts ain't that great. Hugh Grant is great, but the rest of the supporting cast is unbelievable, well acted, but their backstories are crafted you know there's a backstory to his sister and his friends and their other friend bernie you know there's all this backstory i mean that scene at dinner where they're trying to go over the last brownie you don't see that rich background of supporting cast in a lot of romantic comedies and that's what we would be talking about in this uh semester of hilarity that uh, dave just goes going to get me to on his first day because you know the class will be full of most 19 to 20 year old women i'm gonna to have to have them fill out a form and say well at least give me one day before you me to me before i get canceled <laughs> can you fill out this form and say you're good with everything i say at least day one? Oh, it's so funny every woman i've talked to they're like i would take that course i'm like yes of course every woman's going to take that course Cool, well, this is the greatest movie of all time and i'm going to explain it to everybody in a uh, in a, uh, in, a, in a semester. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do or, uh, you know, otherwise for tests or, a, I mean, I have an idea and uh, I'll, I'll flush it out to you. Nobody cares. It's, I don't think it's a big secret that I have to do this unless it's a secret that somebody's going to take my idea. But why would they? <laughs> Who's going to take it? Somebody's listening to this podcast. That's a great idea. Of course. I know, I know a college professor at NYU teaches The Godfather. Well, that's obvious. This is where you get them. That's how you're going to beat them, kid. That's how you're going to beat him. For you, for your father. I am Enzo, the baker. For you, for your family, for your father, for your father. Who are you? I am Enzo, the baker. Do you
3: remember me? Enzo. Yes, Enzo. You better get out of here, Enzo. There's going to be trouble.
2: If there is trouble, I stay here to help you. For your father,
0: for your father. So that's the other thing, too, is, uh, well, first of all, let me just say that this is episode number 366. If you're combining the Nightfly, or if you're combining the spread, the Nightfly, and Just Gow in the City. Uh, I guess it's been, what, when did I start? Two, I don't know when I started. Maybe it's been seven or eight years. Last week was episode number 365, which means that as of last week, You can listen to this podcast from the beginning every single day for one year. Huh? How about that? How many podcasts can do that? Only a handful. This is episode number 366, with three name changes, but still pretty much the same format. Ridiculousness. That is the key. Ridiculousness. And a man of my position can't be made to look ridiculous. Now you, get out of here. You tell the Godfather, I ain't no brand leader. Yeah, I hate
2: that story.
4: I start talking. Uh, I was sent by a friend of Johnny Fontaine. His friend is my client. He would give his undying friendship to Mr. Walsh. Mr. Walsk would grant us a small favor. Walsk is listening. Give Johnny the partner a new war film you're starting next week. <laughs> and uh, what favor would uh, your friend uh, grant, Mr. Walsk? You're going to have some union problems. My client could make them disappear. Also, one of your top stars has just moved from uh, marijuana to heroin. Are you trying to muscle me? Absolutely no, not. To me, me you smooth-talking son of a bitch. Let me lay it on the line for you and your boss, whoever he is. Johnny Fontaine will never get that movie. I don't care how many Dago, Guinea, Wap, Greaseball, Goombas come out of the woodwork. I'm German-Irish. Well, let me tell you something, my Kraut-Mick friend. I'm gonna make so much trouble for you, you won't know what From hit the walls you. The come a lawyer. I have not threatened. I know almost every big lawyer in New York. Who the hell are you? I have a special practice. I handle one client. Now, you have my number, I'll wait for your call. By the way, I admire your pictures very much. Guglione, Johnny's godfather. To the Italian people, that's a very religious, sacred, close relationship. I respect that. Just tell him he should ask me anything else. But this is one favor I can't give him. He never asks a second favor when he's been refused the first. Understood? You don't understand. Johnny Fontaine never gets that movie that part is perfect for him it'll make him a big star i'm gonna run him out of the business let me tell you why johnny fontaine Rune, one of waltz international's most valuable protégés for five years we had her under training singing lessons acting lessons dancing lessons i spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on her i was gonna make her a big star and let me be even more frank Just to show you that I'm not a hard-hearted man, that it's not all dollars and cents. She was beautiful. She was young. She was innocent. She was the greatest piece of ass I've ever had, and I've had him all over the world. And then Johnny Fontaine comes along with his olive oil voice and guinea charm. And she runs off. She threw it all away just to make me look Ridiculous. And a man in my position can't afford to be made to look ridiculous. Now you get the hell out of here. And if that goomba tries any rough stuff, you tell him I ain't no band leader. Yeah. I heard that stuff.
0: Now that's the other thing, the fucking Oscars, man. When we were kids, it was fun. You always wanted to see the clips. You wanted to see the clips because there was no YouTube. There wasn't, there wasn't even VHSs or whatever. You want to see the clips. You want to see the clips. So I'm sitting there because I'm like, well, I'll watch it this year because I really want to see the tribute to the 50th anniversary of The Godfather. Well, I have not seen a worse tribute in my entire existence. They bring out Francis Ford Coppola, who looks actually good. He lost a lot of weight. Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. Only Coppola speaks for a second. The other two don't speak. I don't know why. Why two Oscar winners aren't speaking at the thing? I don't know. Then they show a montage, a musical montage, with mostly Godfather 3 scenes. What the fuck? I don't know who was producing the Oscar. Actually, I do know who was producing it, because I saw the guy. It was an all-black production team, and I guess they don't give a shit about the Oscars, or James Bond, which was the 60th year, because those montages stink. I don't think it would make a difference, whether you're black or white. Boy, that is not the way to show tribute to 50 years of a movie that still means so much to people and was so unbelievably crafted and holds up 50 years later, let alone the entire Bond franchise. But Jesus Christ, that was the worst, and that's why we have to do a little tribute today. I mean, it was really horrible. The stupid music montage, like, a, like an MTV video for the MTV video for The Godfather. It was really, I thought, completely disrespectful. And i man in my position. Yeah. You tell them, I hate that story. You tell him I ain't no band leader. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and if you ever see the SCTV sketch where they did The Godfather, oh, my goodness, they got that guy who has the horses head in his bed. They got the guy. The guy who played that guy, Waltz. They got him. A- Tom, do you like talking zucchinis? <laughs> <laughs> Dave Thomas played Robert Duvall Yeah, no, that's right We've talked about it on this show before they, they got, The SCTV did a parody of The Godfather Where they did hits on all the three networks And one of the hits was during a Three's Company taping Look out, it's a hit!
4: <laughs> hey, this is my new horse His Name is Signor Bruschino. I named him after Rossini Opera You appreciate talking horses, Tom? Well, I never... Senior Breschino. Oh, I mean horses that talk like Mr. N. Yeah. Senior Breschino, say hello to Mr. Hagen. Well, I said say hello. I swear to you, Tom, he's got the most beautiful speaking voice you ever heard. Now, talk to the man. Are you trying to make me look ridiculous? You appreciate fresh air, Tom? Yeah. Well, do you mind waiting outside a couple of minutes? Better start talking, because a man in my position can't afford to look ridiculous. You know my policy, no talking with strangers in the stable. <laughs> hey, Tom, did you hear that, huh? No, I'm sorry, I didn't. Come on, repeat what you said. No, tell the man what you said about the no talking policy. Ah, forget it. Got a minute, Mr. Hagen. You appreciate singing zucchini.
0: Oh, that was a classic back in the day. And you know me, I did five tributes to The Godfather. Oh, I should have gotten the episodes. Well, again, if you go down my list of episodes, there are five episodes which I showed online, which I did it. The Comedy Cellar, where I did live readings. I changed the dialogue. and live reading. I did The Godfather in five parts. I did them at the, uh, with all the comics, and it's really fun. And that's, uh, I should put it together in better fashion for my 50-year tribute to the Godfather.
2: You talk about vengeance. Is vengeance going to bring your son back to you? Or my boy to me? I forgot the vengeance of my son. But I have selfish reasons. My younger son is forced to leave this country because of this Sanotso business. All right. I have to make arrangements to bring him back here safely. Clear of all these false charges. But I'm a superstitious man. And if some unlucky accident should befall him, if he should get shot in the head by a police officer, or if he should hang himself in his jail cell, or if he's struck by a bolt of lightning, then I'm going to blame some of the people in this room. And that I do not forgive. But that aside, let me say that I swear on the souls of my grandchildren that I will not be the one to break the peace we've made here today.
0: Now, the uh, funny thing is, is this week, I I, I didn't leave the house until Wednesday. I know. It was awful. But I crammed so much into Wednesday night. I got home at six in the morning on Thursday and then I had to go to my mom's after. So I was a mess. But I crammed so much into one day because I just hadn't left the house. So as you know, Wednesday, March 30th, I opened for Marina at the Fat Black. And I decided, you know, let's get, you know, I groomed myself. I shaved, I cut my nails, you know, shampooed. Got all prissied up. And went down to get a haircut before the show. Or no, or at least uh, like a groom. I groomed, you know, like the sides. It's a, What do they call it? Uh, they call it something and it's less money than a haircut. A shape up, I think. So I was feeling pretty good. You know, you walk out of a barber shop, you're feeling pretty good. And then I went to the cellar and I'd been there in a long time. And, there, uh, you know, it was like six o'clock. And there was nothing to do, and nobody was where I needed to be. I saw a couple people, but I'm like, uh. And I was nervous about going down because I hadn't been down in a long time. I kind of thought there'd be this big, warm welcome. It turned into that later, but I know. I'm, I was pulling my Will Smith, where I live in a bubble, thinking everybody has noticed that I've been gone. But they did later. I just went too early. So because it, it, during that time, I went over to the bar I usually go to, and my friend Lori made this amazing cappuccino for me. I I think I took a picture of the end of it because I always forget to take the beginnings. So I think I took it and it was really great because I was going to get coffee at 7-Eleven and this was 10 times better. And then I finally walked over to the place and I saw these uh, waiters that I hadn't seen in a long time. They're like, oh my God, what are you? I'm like, yeah, I'm back. <laughs> so thank God, right? I was like happy. And they changed the uh, Village Underground Fat Black. They, they changed it. They were also doing a debate downstairs, and, he, and the guy was like, oh, you should come down and see the debate. And I'm, I think it was a debate about the Ukraine and Russia because Noam loves doing that. The owner loves doing the debate, debating stuff. He usually has uh, Alan Dershowitz on, which I love when he has him on because he's an intellectual. I, uh, Evelyn went on first, and then I went on second, and then Keith Robinson went on You know, after his stroke, uh, but it was nice to see him, but yeah, he can barely walk. But he did a good job. I wasn't sure how it was going to be, and I did okay. I did okay, but I got to meet uh, one of the people from Marina's show on Saturdays. This woman stays, who, by the way, Marcy. Uh, I was going to say, if you're listening, I know you're listening. She was commenting on how much she likes you, you know, because we have a little chat room and Marina's show. The way we have it on the Tuesday show, and she was saying, oh, that girl Marcy's very nice. So, you know, in case you wanted to know, and I hung out with her and her uh, wife. Apparently, they are gay. And you're allowed to be married now? So that was shocking to me. But we hung out uh, most of the night. Just had a really nice time. But So I go to the bar at the Fat Black Pussycat. I'm like, I'm finished now so I can get a drink. I didn't want to get beer yet, so I opened with some scotch. I wasn't ready for beer yet. I know I usually have to show beer, but it was too early. So I got a little scotch at the bar, and I didn't recognize the bartender. So I said, Oh, I'm working here, you know. And she's like, Oh, that's great, whatever. And she gave me Scotch. It was like Glenn or something. They didn't have the Johnny Walker black. Again, I don't even know why I get that. It's so gross. I guess I guess I, I thought she was going to charge me, but I guess she didn't. I gave her 20 bucks. She goes, thanks. And she just took it. <laughs> I thought I was going to pay for it. I just gave her twenty and she just took it. I guess she was giving me the fr- I didn't I guess I thought if I'm telling her I'm performing, she's not going to believe it. Every other time that's never worked, they always charge you. So I just put 20 bucks and she just took it as a tip, which would be fine. But it was, you know, it was just for one scotch. And I'm like, oh. And now I was like, all right, now I have to get another to make it kind of worth. I don't know her (laughs) to just open with $20. So I had to go down and get another, which I think just put me over the edge for the whole rest of the night. (laughs) But it was Okay. But I had to get another right to make it worth. It. I mean, even though that's, I still wasn't ready for beer, so I had to get it. But it was. I told Alon was there too, and I was just like, you know, was, I just gave her twenty dollars. She just took it. She just put it in a tip jar. I was like, well, I, I was gonna give her ten dollars uh, tip, but I now I, I I don't know. I got very confused. But uh, so then we went over to the to the cellar afterwards, you know, to have a couple of drinks more. And Marina and I and her two friends, you know, this girl Stace and. Her, uh, wife <laughs> still still gonna have trouble saying it just like as I do my friend Alan and Lee their husbands what how can that be and uh, we're sitting there having a good time having a beer we're talking and it's a lively place saying hello to much more people because now it's a uh, bustling and Judd Apatow walks in oh my friend Dave Rath walks in who I'm mad at because he you know again he's giving me like hey I'm in town and I just ordered food and I'm like you can't give me just a little bit more notice And Judd Apatow comes in, so I see them both, so I get up, and I put my arms around Dave and Judd Apatow, and I'm like, look at us, huh? The three of us together again? Who'd have thought? (laughs) It was awesome, Uh, because I, you know, thank God he remembers me, (laughs) and it would have been like, wait, what's he doing? Uh, But thank God Judd likes me, and uh, it was really funny, and it was good to see him. And we talked about... Uh, so I that day was Pete Holmes' birthday, you know, from crashing. And I wished him a happy birthday. And then Dave told me he just had COVID. He had COVID. And his client also is doing a play off Broadway at COVID. I just like all these people are getting COVID. And you keep thinking it's over. But nobody's like getting sick sick. I think most people are asymptomatic. You know, I guess if you're boosted. But yeah. So that was weird. And then... I was just hanging out outside. I mean, it's just a little little high, again, because they got these new joints that like are COVID joints, so they're individual joints, but still, that's too. I still can't take, you know, one puff is good for me. Maybe I took two, but I was having such a good time, having such a good time, hanging out, being with people, saying hello to all the comics that I haven't seen in a long time. It was really great. Of course, my friend Steve was there because he works there. So it was great. I saw Gnome and it just, you know, I hadn't hadn't been out in a long time and I hadn't seen anybody from the cellar. So it was nice to be seen and it was nice to see and hang out and just party and drink. And then we're just out in the street just talking. And, you know, just people come by and you're just saying hello to everybody. And, you know, that's the thing. Every night if I had to do that, I don't know whether I would like it. But because I was gone for so long and didn't want to go back, it was a pleasant experience. So I got to see everybody, and I was a little drunk, but in in a good way. And then I went back to that bar with those lesbian girls because I still wanted a drink. And we had a a good time and, you know, just talked a little bit. Oh, and then, oh, this is the best. Apparently, I just found this out yesterday. Apparently, and I've never done this before. I butt-dialed or pocket-dialed comedian Wendy Liebman. Now, you know how much I love Wendy Liebman but why she was on my phone and why I would accidentally dial her. That's never happened to me before. I must have been loaded. And she goes, did you mean to leave me a 20-minute message with you talking to some girl at a bar? And I'm like, oh my God. I am so sorry. I am mortified. The only thing I can say is, number one, I had you in my phone because I was planning on wishing you a happy birthday. And number two, the one thing I am confident about Being as drunk as I was is that even if you were listening to a 20-minute conversation and I brought up your name, there would never be one thing that would be uh, bad about you. (laughs) So I am positive in the fact that I said nothing wrong about you, thank God. And I think she appreciated that. But, oh, my God, you know, we're not that close that I can leave her this thing. What a strange dial. You know what? Maybe it is. I wonder, my Google Assistant has been going off out of nowhere. It just starts writing down stuff I'm saying. Maybe I must have said call something or when do something. I got to disable that. I hate, I don't know what that fucking thing is, but it just starts listening in the middle of nowhere. Even when I have the airplane mode on. And I don't know how to turn, this Android phone is the fucking worst. Although I think other people's iPhones do that too. So I don't know. I I, I got so many problems with it, and I know I should conform to the iPhone, but I just can't do it. Even today, I was getting a a video text. Hey, you don't have FaceTime? I'm like, no. So everybody has to call me on WhatsApp. Sarah Silverman called me and my mom on WhatsApp yesterday when I was at her place. She uh, always wants to talk video, and uh, we had a very nice talk so she could see my mom and all her bruises in person, (laughs) and my mom was thrilled you know I really like the time I had lunch with Sarah can you tell her that if she's in town I'd like to buy her lunch again and I'm like she's not going to come out to Jersey I'll come to the city that's not happening either come on Rhoda get with the program yo bat anyway the the, the bar that I usually go to they for some reason she closed at 1 o'clock I'm like wait I'm out and I want to hang out longer and you're closing early so I went back to the cellar and at that time Mattel was there so I saw him perform and he was really funny, but I was so wasted at that point. I don't remember what he said. And I always try and remember really hard and I just couldn't do it. I was just sitting in the back and I'm like, God, I haven't been here in so long. What time is it? What day is it? And then we just hang out watching the people go by, talking to people and stuff. And then we went out for dinner, I guess, or whatever you would call it at five in the morning. We found the one 24 hour diner. That's still open because all of them don't open 24 hours anymore. It's not a 24-hour town anymore. But we found one place that was open. We called ahead to make sure because a lot of times the websites are incorrect. The Malibu Diner on 23rd Street. It's disgusting. Although the place we used to go, the good stuff where I went with Paul Rudd that time was also bad too. But you're not going to get your best places for 24 hours eating. But it was still, I was like in the mood to just keep on hanging out and partying because where was I going? I don't have anything to do. I haven't left the house. Why not pack it all in the whole day? I even talked to my friend, uh, Karen Fisher, who does the podcast guys we fucked. And I saw her and I'd been meaning to call her because I have all these baseball and football cards. And apparently she took over her dad's baseball card store. So I was able to ask her all these questions, which was perfect. I felt like I, I got everything in in this one day and then after the diner it tells like oh i could drive you home i'm like what are you kidding he lives like right by that i'm like no please i'll i'll walk and i need to walk now it was like four in the morning maybe 4 30 and i didn't want to walk all the way home you know 23rd and 7th is pretty far especially that the city hasn't been very safe but i'm like i gotta walk and it was freezing god damn it it was still freezing I knew it was going to get cold. It was nice, like, when I first went down, but I knew it was going to get cold at night. But I was like, I got to walk. I got to walk because I'm, like, kind of full and drunk and high. I just can't get in a cab yet. I can't just be home. So I had to start walking, and I walked. And I walked over to Madison Park, which is around 23rd and, well, Madison. It's that picture I took uh, in the Shake Shack over there and stuff. It's an an okay park, but... uh, you know it's not great at that nothing's great at that hour but there were lights and I'm like well I'm gonna cut through really quick I don't want to run across but I don't want to walk now I was not wearing my headphones during the entire trip because normally I will listen to music or something or a podcast even my own podcast but this time I'm like no I don't want to listen anything because th- things are bad in the city at this hour and You don't want a distraction. And certainly walking through that park, you definitely don't want to listen to you. Because then you're the asshole. If you get mugged, raped, or killed while you're listening to your headphones at 4.30 in the morning walking through a park, that's on you, man. Now, this park is very easy. It's not big. It's not like walking through Central Park in the dark. But I was nervous. And there was something happening. Somebody was whistling or something. It was scaring the shit out of me. But I had to go across. It was just easier because there was this construction in the way. So I'm like, I'll just, I'll just do it. I'll just walk across really quick. I won't run, but I also won't walk really slow. <laughs> and I wasn't listening to anything. And I was just getting really nervous. And Lots of rats in there and stuff. Oh, my God. I was, like, totally shaken up. And I'm like, if I can just get to the other side, I think I can make it. Because once you get to Madison Avenue, it felt a little better. Because that's more corporate area, you know. It's But, again, in this time in New York City, things are... Not awesome. So, yeah, I was really uptight about it. And my friend, the cop back in the, maybe before the World Trade Center even went down, used to say, I hate that you listening to your headphones and walking. It's just too dangerous. He was saying that way before any of this happened. So that is the thing. And I definitely do it. You try and put it on low at least so you can listen to what's going on around you. You know, you got to be aware Especially when you've been drinking stuff. That's when it usually happens. The three or four times I've gotten mugged in the city uh, back in the 80s or 90s was because I I was out of it. I was drunk and I wasn't paying attention. You don't have your guard up. And they know that. They can sense it. So anyway, uh, everything was okay. But like I said, the guy whistling, I couldn't see where it was coming from. I'm like, what is this? The fucking Warriors movie? Was he whistling the stranger? Did he know me from Billy Joel A to Z? I'm, trying, I'm never going to be able to whistle that thing. I'm going to try it when we get to the stranger. You can say I'm not getting it. And I can hear wind in the microphone, so it's not working. So you want it to be clear. And I'll never hit that note. <laughs> I'll never make I don't know how Billy Joel does that. I can hear the wind, so it's not as effective. It's got to be clear. Or maybe when they play it back, it won't sound like that. I don't know. It's not very good. Anyway, somebody was whistling. We're like, when does that happen? Except in the movies when you're about to be killed. So that was terrifying. And then I get to Madison. I get to park. And I just want to walk through Grand Central again because it's freezing. And at least I'll have three blocks of warmth. But, of course, Grand Central closes at 1 o'clock in the morning or 1.30. And it doesn't open till 5.00. And I'm like, God damn it. Sorry, so it must have been before 5, right? It was about 4.30. Or maybe it opens at 5.30. I don't know. And then I was walking up third. I felt better because then all of a sudden I see, and I got pictures of the, the uh, coffee carts going, like the, early, the people that are going to work, and they stop at the carts, and they have a coffee and a roll or a bagel. Or And then once I see those at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, number one, I don't work anymore, So, but if I did, you know you're out too late. But number two, It's a little, you feel better like, okay, now it's just the morning rush. The crazy people that are out this late won't be around anymore. And I felt a little better. There must have been one on every block. I definitely took photos because it was, it just, I don't know. It made me feel safer. All right. If these guys are up for the working people, then the night is over and I made it. You know what I mean? Now that doesn't mean anything, but that's what I'm saying in my head. So I feel better. So I did end up walking all the way home. And then I think I was, I think I was texting people. Oh, that's right. My friend Elise was leaving for the airport, so I was texting her. She's like, what are you doing up? I'm like, I've been up all night. She was leaving for LA because, you know, everybody was waking up at that time, which is, you know, what I used to do, and I don't really do that that much anymore, but it was exciting, old school, I think you can only do it in the city, although I've been known to be able to pull that off in Los Angeles, which people are fascinated about, and who wouldn't be? I can always find something to do late at night. So I was glad I did that, but not so much in the morning when I left to go to my mom's. I was still very much hungover, but I'm like, who cares? It's not like I have to go to work. I used to have to go to work in that condition, and that is how you get sick and catch COVID. You don't get enough sleep. You're drunk. You, that's when I've always caught something, but I was fine. I'm like, I'll go to visit Rhoda, and my plan to visit Rhoda was uh, this: my friend Victoria who is married to Lou Pellegrino, who we've had on the uh, Tuesday show before. Victoria used to be married to Vic Henley, and uh, we've been still friends. She lives uh, down the beach, which is why I want to move there, because I you know, like all my friends there. So she tells me that there's a place in Frio, Oh, that's where that pizza place, Frederico's is. I think that's what it's called. Oh, it's supposed to be. It's really good, thin crust peach, and I'm like, it is? She's so, like, yeah, everybody goes there. Everybody talks about it, and I'm like, and I'm, listen, you, you know me. When it comes to wings and pizza, I'm snobby. I don't know where the pizza part came in, but I guess it has something to do with Steve owning that place Fiori's back in the day. Thanks to fucking COVID, it's gone. And he was a stickler about pizza and wings. So, I mean, wings have always been my thing. You all know that. I don't have to explain that. But then once, he, once Fiori's came, I'm like, this is the best pizza I've ever had in my life. And anybody that thinks otherwise is an asshole. However, this isn't like a Will Smith thing. I understand that pizza is a complete uh, choice. People like different forms of pizza. You might like the stupid Chicago deep dish pizza, which I think is stupid, (laughs) but that might be you. You might like more sauce. You might like more cheese. There's no one thing that calls a pizza what a pizza is. With buffalo wings, you either are making the true buffalo wing or you are not. You cannot call it buffalo wings and say it's buffalo wings if I say this is not a true buffalo wing. You know how angry I get about that. But pizza is a complete personal choice. I mean, a wing, chicken wing, is a personal choice, but not a buffalo chicken wing Is you are getting the recipe from the Anchor Bar in Buffalo, New York. That's the buffalo wing. A pizza could be anything, and it's to whatever you like. I thought Fiori's was the best pizza I'd ever had Steve would concentrate on the sauce. It was the most important thing. So when she said thin crust, I'm like, maybe that's good because Steve's was a little bit thinner crust. And I like that. And I understand people that like regular dough pizza. And I like that too. I like all different kinds, but I was hoping it was going to taste like Steve's. And now that Fiori's was closed, I'm like, well, I'll bring a pizza to my mother and we'll eat it. And I found out the other, I didn't even know my mother liked pizza. And then I found out her favorite top are peppers and onions. Who knew? Who knew? 90 years of the making, we never knew. Because our mother wasn't honest to us. Like, oh, I guess I like pizza. I don't know. Whatever my dad wanted, she ate. Hmm.
1: I've never seen anyone eat pizza like that.
0: That's the way the women work in the Judaism uh, thing. That's why uh, Olga, you know, is a mess. Because it's whatever the men want, which of course is the way it should be. Look at Will Smith protecting his family out there by being a complete douchebag. I guarantee you, all the orthodox men are like yeah no he did the right thing, <laughs> fucking asshole. Oh, I'll never get enough of that. So, so they say this place called Frederico's and it's in, in Freeland, and I was like, that's the plan. I'm going to go there. I couldn't decide. I'm like, no, I'm going to go there. I'm just going to order when I'm there. I'm not going to call ahead, and I'm going to bring a pie back to the the place, you know, where my mother lives. Which I was nervous about because then everyone knows what I'm carrying, and I was embarrassed. They're like, wait, you got a whole pizza? For a 90-year-old woman? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, who? No one cares. But that's what I think about. When I carry that suit of sub, I carry it in my backpack. I don't want anybody to see me bringing food in there. I don't know why. I'm an idiot. There's no other explanation. Parents are idiots too. Comes from upbringing. You know that. You know, Mike, you know i do anything for my godfather. You know that. Johnny, we're thinking about moving the Corleone family out to Vegas. And uh, all our interests in the olive oil business and going into the casino in Vegas. And we'd like you, and uh, perhaps you could convince some of your movie friends in the business, we'd like you to appear five times a year. We'd like you to sign a contract to appear five times. I'm trying to get it together. Sure, Mike. You know I'd do anything for my godfather.
3: Johnny, how are you? Hello, Mike. Nice to see you again. We're all proud of you. Thanks, Mike. Sit down, Johnny. I want to talk to you. The Don's proud of you, too, Johnny. Well, I, uh, Oh, owe it all to him. Well, he knows how grateful you are. That's why he, he'd like to ask a favor of
2: you. Mike, what can I do?
3: The Corleone family is thinking of giving up all its interests in the olive oil business, settling mm-hmm. out here. Mm-hmm. Now, Mo Green will sell us his share of the casino and the hotel, so it could be completely owned by the family. Tom? Hey, Mike, are you sure about that? Mo loves the business. He never said nothing to me about selling. Yeah, well, I'll make him an offer he can't refuse. See, Johnny, See, we figured that entertainment will be a big factor in drawing gamblers at the casino. And we hope you'll sign a contract to appear five times a year. Perhaps uh, convince some of your friends in the movies to do the same. We're counting on you.
2: Sure, Mike. I'll do anything for my godfather. You know that.
0: Mike, you don't come to Las Vegas and talk to a man like Mo Green like that. Now was Mo Green better in The Godfather or as Joe Polnicik's father in The Facts of Life? You know we'll never know. Now, so I go to this pizza place, and it's in and it's a really annoying, annoying. It's like the center of town in Freehold, New Jersey. It's fucking stupid there, and it's stupid to park there. Like I live in New York City, right? So I'm being a snob now. Yes. Because we know it's difficult to park in New York City. I don't want it to be difficult to park in any other fucking small town that I go to. I don't need the aggravation. It's bad enough. Have you ever? And I don't think anybody ever has who's listening to this podcast. Try parking in Hoboken. Good fucking luck. Or Asbury Park. Fuck these small towns that have problems with parking. I live here. This town sucks for parking and that should be the end all and anytime I'm anywhere else I should never have a problem parking that's the way I think in my head so I was miserable I'm like I gotta go one way turns I gotta do this I'm like I don't need this so I parked my car all the way in this parking lot I walk over to the restaurant and it already looks stupid I'm already angry I'm like there's something I, 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 look, like, I think I saw their menu I saw some of the pictures I'm like I don't know that don't look right that don't look like any pizza I would want and I go into the restaurant and there's a bar there and I'm like, yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Is anybody working here today? Hello? <laughs>
2: Hello? anybody home? Hey. Think with fly thing.
0: I'm like, yeah, I wanna where's to go? He goes, Oh, you go all the way in the back. Apparently the restaurant's really big. You gotta go all the way back. And you can order it all the way in the back. I had to stop in the middle and say, like, where the fuck do I order? There was another hostess then. I'm like, is this where he orders? No, no, nah, nah, you keep going. You keep going. So I really parked far, and then apparently they have a to-go window, which is in another parking lot, which I didn't know. That's all right. Nobody told me. I didn't ask. So I go to the window, and I'm like, "Yeah, let me get a." And and when I'm going through, I'm seeing people sitting in the restaurant for lunch, and they're eating the pizza, and I'm looking at the pizza, and not only does it smell not great, but it don't look very good. It it they, you know they all had it on the on those racks, those pizza racks, where you're eating it, and I'm like. They must have, you know, everybody was eating a pizza because they were saying, well, Frederico's the best. But it, it it just looked shitty. I'm like, see, they, they're not making it right. This is not like, I thought it was going to be like Fiori's pizza. And I said, I can tell already this pizza is going to suck. I can just tell, I can tell by the smell, which is not enticing. And looking at the pizza, they're not concentrating on the sauce. And this is a stupid, just regular pizza. and just happens to be thin crust. And people... Clearly have no idea what pizza is supposed to fucking taste like. They're fucking idiots in Jersey, I guess. They're fucking idiots. Like So, so well, I'll get to that in a second, right? Wait do you hear this. So I go to the counter and I say, can I get a large pizza, half peppers and onions, half plain? And he's like, you want anything else? I'm like, uh, have a Coke? <laughs> he's like, okay. Two more Cokes. He's like, you want the Coke now? It'll be over like 20 minutes. I'm like, fine. I go, I'll go to my car. I'll bring it around here. So I got plenty of time. And I think the whole... Oh, I, again... So the guy goes, so I think the guy goes, it's $20.80 or $20.81. I give him $21, no change. What the hell's going on? I'm like, how could this happen two days in a row? All right, granted, it's only $0.20, cents, but like, what what, what the fuck? <laughs> and they don't take credit cards. They only take cash. So I'm like, what? what, hello? <laughs> I don't want the $0.20 cents back. I don't care, but... It's just, that's the second time in a 24 hour period that happened to me where they just took the money and like, ah, now he loves it. I don't understand what the fuck is going on. Nobody's talking about that, that people have gone insane, normal people that work in a pizza place. So I go back, I get my car, I bring it around. I got to go through like all these like circles and hoops just to get to that stupid back entrance. I get there, I pick up the pizza, I walk back to the car with the stupid pizza. It feels like a shit. It's a large box, but you can tell there's like no weight to it whatsoever. And I put it in the car and I go to the the place, the facility. And then you know, I got to park and then it takes me 20 minutes to walk to where my mother is. You know, you got to go through this whole facility and I'm like holding the fucking pizza. I got to you got to sign in, I got to you got to take your temperature. I'm like, "Oh, I got to be holding the pizza the whole time, too." And my backpack and the coke and all that kind of stuff. So I go in carrying the pizza. I feel like an idiot. And I don't know why I feel like an idiot. No one cares. I kept thinking all these old people are like, we're going to comment on it. I hate the Oh, look who's got pizza, whatever. So I get to my mom's room and I have the pizza and, uh, I, we open it and it just looks stupid. And my mother's like, what the hell's that? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Everybody says it's the best. And we eat it. She eat the peppers and onions one. And I eat uh, the plain one. And, uh, what well, it sucks. It's too greasy. It wasn't very tasty. It, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't the worst pizza I've ever had, but it wasn't very good. And I was I was told it was great. So I got on the phone to my friend Victoria, and I reamed her a new one. And I'm like, listen, you. And, of course, she's like, ah, crap. I've been waiting for this call. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it would have been no fun to tell you it was good. So, And I let her have it. And I said, you don't know shit about shit. This pizza stinks. And she goes, well, tell Bruce Springsteen. Because like he orders it all the time and has it delivered. It's his favorite place. And I'm like, another reason why Springsteen is a moron. He doesn't know good pizza. If it came out of a car, grabbed him by the throat and punched him in the face. I don't know where I'm coming up with this analogy. But <laughs> you know how I'm mad at Springsteen. Now I hate Springsteen even more. I don't hate Springsteen. I just don't care for his music. But now, you know, I have an even other reason. I'm like, this guy doesn't get it. This is his favorite pizza place. He's a moron then. This pizza stinks. It's like, I don't know. Everybody says they like it. Well, everybody's an idiot then. I'm telling you, if you guys were here and we all had a just Go in the city pizza party, I'd be embarrassed. You'd definitely have to sit there and be like, I know what you'd say. You'd be like, it's all right. It's not If you came from all over the world to have a pizza party with me and you're like, oh, man, he's been talking about this pizza. Oh, man, would it be disappointing? There's no way you wouldn't think the same. It's stupid. They definitely didn't concentrate on the sauce. My mother said, you know, they make better pizza here at the old age home. And you know what? I think I believe her. I think I'm going to try that pizza. I get a feeling she's right for some reason. That pizza sucked. Oh, everybody talks. It's Bruce Springsteen's favorite place. Well, now we have another reason to why I don't care for Bruce Springsteen or his nonsense. I mean, again, nobody hates Bruce Springsteen. I don't hate Bruce Springsteen. I just don't care for his music. If he was here right now, I'd be floored and just as tongue-tied as anybody could be. He's still a cool guy. I mean, he's the coolest. I just don't like any of his music and i just don't give a shit <laughs> but nobody doesn't like bruce springsteen but now i hate his taste in pizza as well i mean i can't believe how much that sucked i was so angry about it and i she said well don't yell at me <laughs> i'm like how could you not tell it's good pizza now you know me i'll also eat domino's pizza because i never call it pizza I said, order Domino's. We've had this conversation multiple times. You know, I will have Domino's in a crunch. Enjoy it. But it ain't pizza. This is supposed to be the best pizza in Jersey. Well, Jersey stinks. It's a good reason for not moving. here. Meanwhile, I don't know what pizza I like in Manhattan. I mean, yeah, I got a pizza place I go to here by my house. You know, I'll order a couple of slices and it's very good. It ain't the best pizza I ever had. Fiori's was the best pizza I've ever had. And until I can get that pizza back. Now there's a place in Brooklyn called Spumoni Gardens, which I believe makes the kind of pizza that Steve was making at Fiori's, which more concentrates on the sauce, more like a grandma pie. And I think that place, I've had their pizza and it's outstanding. So I think Spumoni Gardens might still be a place where I can get the kind of pizza I'm looking for that Dave Juskow is looking for. Because it's like even in Spider-Man 2, the original with Toby Maguire, he's working at Joe's Pizza. You know, everybody's like, "Oh, Joe's Pizza is great on 6th Avenue in the West Village." Well, Joe's Pizza sucks. They just happen to be open late and they're in a really good convenient place. But again, you're an idiot if you think Joe's Pizza is any good. It's not good. It's just convenient and it's just open it used to be open all hours. Now there's a I believe there's John's Pizza which is on Bleecker. And that pizza was okay, and that's more of a thin crust on a pie. There's also Patsy's Pizza, which does the same thing, but all these pizzas are just okay. But I think this, for me, and I would think that people would agree, and don't get me started on Danino's. Steve wanted to take me there last week. He's like, no, it's not like the one in Manhattan that you hate. Everybody knows I hate that place, Danino's. My friend John, he's like, oh, Danino's. I'm like, shut the fuck up. You don't know what you're talking about. Not only does their pizza suck, but their entire whole place sucks. Them and their whole fucking family. You play your games and I'll play mine, but I don't want you to contact me again. And that's another thing. Come to this clean country and your oily hair, Mr. Curly-only. Now I have to leave these proceedings... But before I go, I would just like to say that the Italian people are some of the finest people I know. And I would hate that a few bad apples have made a problem in this country. Now, I know I'm not getting the dialogue right, but you know what I'm saying. And I would hate to think that a few bad apples have ruined it for everyone. Uh, Mr. Chairman,
1: I would like to verify the witness's statement. For years now, a growing number of my constituents have been of Italian descent and I've come to know them well. They have honored me with their support and with their friendship. Indeed, I can proudly say that some of my very best friends are Italian-Americans. Our chairman, at this time, unfortunately, I have to leave these proceedings in order to preside over a very important meeting of uh, my own committee. But before I leave, I do want to say this, that these hearings on the Mafia are in no way whatsoever a slur upon the great Italian people. Because I can state from my own knowledge and experience that Italian Americans are among the most loyal, most law-abiding, patriotic, hard-working American citizens in this land. And it would be a shame, Mr. Chair, if we allowed a few rotten apples to give a bad name to the whole bear, because from the time of the great Christopher Columbus up through the time of Enrico Fermi right up until the present day, Italian Americans have been pioneers in building and defending our great nation. They are the salt of the earth and they're one of the backbones of this country.
0: Now I'd like the the Italian people and, and let me also, do, but I think I do want to say that now. I'm not making fun of the eye-tagging people. Some of the Italian people are some of the finest people I know. But, you know, get it together, folks. Pizza is very serious, and I'm very serious about it. I'll eat the Stouffer's French bread pizza before I eat that fucking Frederico's again. Because it's goddamn delicious, especially if you get the deluxe in the freezer. I cannot wait to try my mother's senior citizen's facility pizza and then go to Frederico's and shove it in their face. If there wasn't a parking problem, I would go there, just have my car waiting, and maybe I have somebody drop me off, and I'm like, see this? This is a pizza I got at the old age home. You guys stink. And then I take the pizza and rub it in their face. Here's your stupid pizza. What's the matter? Too oily for you jerk-offs? Ugh. Steve's pizza was never oily. This was disgusting. They don't know what they're doing. Boy, that pisses me off, right? And, and what's funnier than getting so annoyed over something like this? That's there's nothing funnier, folks. This is why you like Just Gow in the City. There's nothing funnier than getting to to do a twenty minute chunk on how bad this pizza that was that Bruce Springsteen swears by. <laughs> There is nothing funnier than this. Tell your friends. Sign up on Patreon because you can get more of this every week. 366 episodes. Don't lie. If you're just finding the podcast, you can listen to a show every day for one full year, you lucky sons of guns. How are you? You can listen to this one on Tuesdays and then on Wednesday. You just start with the catalog. Oh, every show is amazing. Oh, there's so many shows I'd like to apologize about, but what are you going to do? And speaking of Spider-Man, when I was saying uh, that they filmed Spider-Man 2 with Joe's Pizza, I finally saw the third Spider-Man in the Tom Holland one, Spider-Man No Way Home. So I was dying to see it, and I did get to see it for free. So I didn't want to pay $20. I finally got to see it, and it was pretty good see the oscars ruined it for me god that oscar show just keeps giving as bad they ruined it for me i didn't know toby mcguire and andrew garfield were in it and then once i saw the scene that they showed god damn it i was like damn it they ruined it i mean i had heard rumors but i wasn't sure but i guess it's my fault for not seeing it sooner spoiler alert and then i couldn't wait to see it. i was dying it's like there's a little frustration to it because he causes all these problems And that always bothers the shit out of me. I mean, that's the way Spider-Man is, is that basically Peter Parker causes all these deaths and problems. James Bond causes a lot of deaths that could be avoided, I feel. And you're supposed to trust these people. So I don't know. That kind of shit gets on my nerve. Meanwhile, I still very much enjoyed the movie. I think I like this. I can't decide which one I like best out of those. Obviously, Spider Man Two, the Tobey Maguire Spider Man Two, was the best one that there is. That's still a really terrific movie. But it was great seeing all those old villains and how they combined the Spider Verse. Willem Dafoe is always fantastic, and uh, who's the guy that uh, plays Doc Ock? J. Jonah Jameson, uh, you know the uh, the guy who was J.K. Simmons. So there's a lot of good performance. Benedict Cumberbatch. It's funny they have all these Oscar nominees and winners. And it was great seeing Toby Maguire again. He'll always be my favorite. He was great, and he's older, and that was interesting. So, and Andrew Garfield was okay, and I really can't stand that guy, but mostly because he's British. I know Tom Holland is too, so that does really bother me that, you know, these British people are playing American superheroes. That's why I guess I like Toby Maguire the best. But whatever, you got to get over it, right? Because they're pretty good. They're pretty good at those American accents. You'd never know. God damn it. And when we do it the other way, we stink. That was what was bothering me about Nicole Kidman playing Lucille Ball, that kind of stuff. In this day and age, when you're like calling out you can't, have, you can't play a crippled person in a movie or a play because they're not actually crippled, then let's go for it all and get rid of these Australians and start putting American people in the American movies. Let's go for it all. Let's call it what it is, shall we? But, but still let Hugh Jackman always play Wolverine. He's all right. We'll let him go, and everybody else has got to suck it suck it
3: my father's no different than any other powerful man any man who's responsible for other people like a senator or president
4: you know how naive you sound why? senators and presidents don't have men killed
3: who's being naive, Kay? Kay, my father's way of doing things is over it's finished even he knows that I mean, in five years, the Corleone family is going to be completely legitimate. Trust me, that's all I can tell you about my business.
0: Anyway, yesterday, after I left my mom's I was doing all this other stuff. I decided to go to that place and get that apple cider. I got a small apple cider, and I got some chocolate milk, (laughs) and I think I got some gold rush gum. Do you remember that stuff? I find out Sarah liked that, too. It comes in that little gold rush packet from the uh, 70s, little yellow little gold bits that's gum it's delicious (laughs) I got some of that and then i stopped at cvs right because i have to stop at cvs now every time in jersey because i don't want to when i called marina on wednesday before the show and she was at cvs and she had to call the manager over to open up the goddamn lock window everything's locked and i'm like screw this i can go to jersey and i don't have to deal with this meanwhile they're just out of everything in jersey so I just went. All I wanted to get was Q-tips and toothbrush, a uh, toothpaste. So I got some toothpaste. That they had the ones I wanted, thank God, because I didn't want to go on Amazon and buy a two-pack because pretty much my toothpaste lasts a year. And I wanted Q-tips. They were out. That pissed me off. That stupid CVS sucked. It wasn't a nice, big, clean one either. And all I went was for goddamn Q-tips, and they were out. If you get them here, I don't know. They, may, they, they might not be under lock and key here, but it's really, f- I just don't want to, I don't want to give money to the store anymore next door. Every time I got a call for a goddamn uh, person to get me some Listerine, this stinks. When you go in Jersey, I can just shop for myself. I can check it out myself. I'm sick of it. If, if nobody's trustworthy, why even open the store at all? Have everybody go through a metal detector or something. What the fuck is happening? My God, you can't even go to a drugstore and pick up your, you know, Listerine without having to or toothpaste to call and be like, "Yeah, can somebody open this?" I told you this already. They hate that. Just mad that they were out of Q-tips. Q-tips. How the how are you out of Q-tips? That you know that, that, that all these places they're out of shit. I guess because that supply chain is breaking down. It's annoying. I live in America. There's nothing better than stocked shelves, and we'll forget again once it's all restocked. But it's it's good to remember that, wow, we live in a place where mostly, it used to be, everything was stocked and plentiful. Meanwhile, all I can think about is, like, I just wish I had an electric car with gas. I can't believe there's just not, like, everybody's just not going out and getting electric cars with gas. Gas sucks. Memo's so smart. He bought like, you know, him and Jeff Ross. He's got an electric car. That is such the way to go. I just wonder if, uh, I don't think my garage, my parking garage has a charging station, but where I go in New Jersey, I could charge it all the time. Right at the mall, there's a whole bunch of charging stations. Go into the mall, take a break. I don't know. I could see my next car maybe being an electric one. I never thought I would say that. So I thought it was too lame. Because, you know, mostly because people like Will Smith, you know, drive electric cars. So I'm like, fuck you. Fuck these Hollywood people. But let's face it, it's pretty cool. And I've driven a memo's car and I love it. It's exciting. It's like not even a steering wheel. Oh, if I can get one of those good, like the Batmobile steering wheel, which I want to get for my own car. I think I could get that. I just got to get a guy that can do it. I don't, you, know, you can't really bring one to your mechanic and say, hey, I want this really funny steering wheel put in. Oh my God, wouldn't that be funny in my van? use that Batman, steer, like, a, like an airline, like a jet plane wheel. You can get it. You just have to get some idiot to put it on because I don't think you can ask your mechanic to do it. You have to get a guy. You got to get a guy. Wouldn't that be fun? Driving a car with a, a jet steering wheel? That would be the best. The best, Jerry. The best. Yeah, let me show you how to cook for 20, 25 guys. Here, you put your, your sausage, your, your garlic. You know, sugar, a little wine. Come here, kid, let me show you something.
4: Hey, come over here, kid, learn something. You never know, you might have to cook for 20 guys someday. You see, you start out with a little bit of oil, and you fry some garlic. Then you throw in some tomatoes, some tomato paste. You fry it, you make sure it doesn't stick. You got it to a boil, you shove in all your sausage and your meatballs. Huh?
1: And a little bit of wine. a little bit of sugar and that's my trick why don't you cut the crap i got more important things for you to do how's paulie oh paulie
2: won't see him no more
0: just trying to do a little godfather tribute myself today as uh since the oscars let us down with that and james bond my god how can you not put a cohesive three minute tribute to the Godfather and James Bond, and who in their right fucking minds and their whole fucking family is putting together nonstop Godfather 3 material. What the fuck? Even Francis Ford Coppola is angry at that movie. It's a disrespect for everybody that was there that day, let alone Will Smith disrespecting every single person. It's a disrespect to Francis Ford Coppola because they made me do it. He tried to make it better. He tried to make that new one that's out that they're showing a CODA or something, whatever the fuck it's called. They tried to redo it. It's still The movie still blows. Do we remember the scene where he's like, they pulled me back in? Yeah, we remember that scene, but no one cares. We're still angry at the movie as a whole. And why not have Sofia Coppola come out and talk about it? I, and with her dad. What's wrong with that? I mean, she's good now. She was the most hated person on the planet when that movie came out, but she's totally done things on her own and made a name for herself. Where was she? She's in the original Godfather movie. She's also in Godfather 3. How do you not have her come She's also an Oscar nominee. You people suck. I hope they never have the Oscars on again. I hope it just goes the way of Kiner's Corner. I don't know why I put up Kiner's Corner. Maybe for Dave Elliott. It was the only person I could think of who would care. The Kiner's Corners was an old, when they had the Mets games, uh, and they, they would have the wrap-up show was this guy, Ralph Kiner, <laughs> had a show called Kiner's Corners. Nobody would know about that. I don't know why I <laughs> thought I got a problem.
3: Well, hi, everybody. I'm Ralph Kiner, and welcome to Kiner's Corner. The Mets won tonight by a score of three. Two of the stars of the ball game are my guests on the show here tonight, Keith Hernandez, who, again, did what he always has been doing, and along with him, Dwight Gooden, who came up for the big victory. And we'll be
0: talking with Keith and Dwight in just a moment. Right after this message from Mitsubishi Motors. Meanwhile, today I just read that the Yankees are moving to Amazon Prime for like 21 games. Instead of being on Channel 11. Interesting. Because, oh, God, I mentioned the word Amazon thing and my thing went off again. God, you can't talk about anything. Everybody's listening.
3: Michael, is it true?
0: Don't ask me about my business, Kate.
3: Is it true? Don't ask me about my business. No. All right. This one time, this one time i will like you ask me about my affairs. Is it
0: true? No. Well, that's our show for today. And I got to say, I think I did a pretty interesting job only going out. My show is called Just Gow in the City, and I only went out one day in the city this week and was able to somehow talk for about an hour over an hour. So you got to respect that. This is a guy that likes to talk. I'm talking about myself in the third person. Yes, it was wonderful to talk to you all today. I love bringing Just Gow in the City to you. And now next week will be, what is it, the 12th? And remember that Thursday we have April 14th at Gotham Comedy Club. The the New Comedian Special, Dave Just Gow and Gotham Comedy Club presents the first annual New Comedian Special. April 14th. If you are in town, definitely either DM me or if you're on Patreon, if you want tickets to the show, let me know and I will get you in. There will be no discount. It will be free. It would be my pleasure to let any of, especially our Patreon followers, uh, get in for free. But if anybody happens to be in town that listens to Just Get The City, it's my pleasure to let you in for this legendary TV taping that I guarantee you the week after I will be screaming and yelling about something especially afterwards probably like and they gave us this pizza that gets run by an Italian guy and he gets the worst pizza I've ever had in my life so you can look forward to that and that's all next week on Just Cow in the City For otherwise though have a wonderful week everybody enjoy April and we'll see you next time on Just Cow in the City good night everybody